We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. As you all know, it takes a village to put on a musical, and that's why I love talking to the people who may not get the glory of standing center stage in the spotlight or the adulation of having their book, music, or lyrics seen on the stage. There is a whole network of people who work just as hard as anyone else to make a musical a success. I've talk with production managers, accountants, and PR departments. But today, we're going to turn inward and talk with someone who went from Broadway performer to meditation expert. So let's learn more about helping and healing the inner you and welcome Hardy Weaver to the show. Hardy, welcome. Hi, Jean-Paul. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. No problem. So before we get into, uh, you know, all this stuff where you're able to help the, you know, the people and the inner of the people i, I want to get a 30 second bio of hardy because we want to know who we are talking today so in 30 seconds who is hardy weaver uh i am a uh, performer recovering perfectionist control freak um turned meditation teacher uh grew up doing shows went to an arts high school went to a renowned bfa musical theater program uh you know toured and performed on Broadway for about a decade. Um, and uh, dealing with the stress of all that, I gave it all up, went to go live in the wilderness of Patagonia for some time, and then went to study in the Himalayas and live over there, uh, learning how to teach meditation. And now I travel the country teaching folks how to be less stressed. And I, I make it a, a focus of mine to also go back and help um, artists, young and old in the creative industry, uh, learn how to be uh, better artists by really being healthier and better human beings. Wonderful. That, I think that was 30 seconds. So perfect. <laughs> nice. I know. Like, I, as you said it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good challenge. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, were you always into musicals or is that something you discovered a little bit later? Uh, no, from a pretty young age, I was a grade A like musical theater nerd. Um, I was a shy, young, you know, queer kid. And um, musicals, I, I did sports. I actually, I, you know, I grew up in the Southern US. So I grew up doing sports. I, I, I was a hunter, which is wild to think back on, um, but then also theater. And uh, the more I did theater, the more I was like, oh, let's just do more of this and less of all the other stuff. Um, I could be whoever I wanted to be. Um, it, was, it was a safe space. And uh, yes, uh, from a very young age, um, I now can only sleep if it's dead silent, but growing up, I could only sleep if I had my headphones on and a tape or a CD player with some original Broadway cast recording playing, lulling me to sleep. <laughs> now I'm curious, what shows put you to sleep? Which, which is a terrible insult to that show, I guess. I know, I now that you mentioned it, now that you mentioned it, it's, but I think it was like programming for me. And there are a lot of studies, you know, if you want to memorize things quicker, go, you know, and I would do this when I was learning lines, you know, as a professional, yeah. I'd go over, you know, sides or a script right before bed. Studies have shown if you, if you, if you listen to things right before bedtime, it sticks. So I think that was more of what I was doing. <laughs> I know the cast recordings left, right, and sideways. So no offense to uh, <laughs> Ragtime, most Aaron's and Flaherty musicals, 
what else? You know, as a kid, you know, Lion King had just come out. I listened to that a lot. Um, but uh, Les Mis, you know, that, that you know, as a, as a 90s, late 80s, 90s kid, a lot of that. So, but no, they were, I was a diehard musical theater fan growing up. I don't know if Rent can make you fall asleep, but... Uh, no, Rent wasn't a sleepy time. No. <laughs> you know, listening to the opening of, of Ragtime, that, I don't know how it did, but yeah. somehow it... Uh, it it would I would I would get you know really jazzed about it and then at some point it would it would help me go to bed. As a side note, I saw Ragtime here in Toronto before it moved to Broadway. Oh, wow. oh my god, it was so good. So yeah, good. I I wish I I um and that 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 I had the CD of that recording and now it's hard to find. It's not on iTunes. It's uh it's tricky to to find. But that's a show that I, if I could go back in time, I wish I could I wish I could see. Totally understandable. Totally agreed. So let's let's move forward a bit. So you you were you were in a Broadway show. You said, and what was the trigger to what was what was happening in your life that made you transition from being in the show to where you are now? Mm, yeah. So I had um, I I I was really anti any of this stuff. I considered, you know, I think in the theater community we have, um, you know, it's the suffering artist mentality. You know, in order to be a productive, creative in any way, shape, or form, I've got to <laughs> have a really hard time, and uh, my trauma is what like gives me my like material and my oomph. Um, and so, why would I want to be less stressed? Mm -hmm. Stress gives me my edge. It's what drives me. It's what gets me. You know, keeps me sharp. Um, and so. And I didn't want to do any of what I call like the woo-woo stuff. I don't meditate. I don't do any of that. And so uh, I, I had been working and touring, you know, right out of college, I, I booked um, the national tour of Footloose and then hopped right over to the national tour of Cats. Um, and then, you know, was in and out of New York a lot. Um, and, and really where I first started dealing with, with the major effects of stress was my first year back in New York. You know, I quit you know, uh, cats after about nine months. And I was, I was cocky. <laughs> I was like, Oh, let me just, uh, you know, let me just hop on to the next thing. And so I go back to New York and cut to, you know, 130 auditions and, and cuts later. And I had the reality check of, Oh, wow, <laughs> this, this won't be just handed to me. I've got to really keep working. And so I was dealing with chronic anxiety and, and, and insomnia and occasional panic attacks and some other things. Um, and I would, I would try some, you know, meditation apps or, you know, go to yoga class and that would give me a quick wave of relaxation, but it wasn't really addressing uh, the core nervous system issues I was having. And so um, I, I was back out on the road with a chorus line no, I had finished the, the tour of A Chorus Line and then I was doing a production of it at Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera, a great regional theater in Pennsylvania. Um, and a colleague of mine in the show, I was Bobby, she was Sheila, and we're the two, you know, jaded, bitter characters in the show. Um, and here we are talking, she's telling me about meditation and I was like, oh God, no, that's not for me. I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I waited another year um, and I, at that point, I had booked Book of Mormon, and uh, I opened the Chicago company of that in uh, 10 years ago, right? You know, um, October, November of 2012. And so I was in a hit show, you know, P you know, Mormon had just blown up and um, was in a stable, you know, 
you know, high earning show, um, you know, the job that you dream about in theater that you never think you're going to get stable um, and exciting and all that. And um, but I was, you know, my life on paper was perfect, but I was still stressed as heck and just, you know, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I knew I should be enjoying my life more. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I heard, you know, I, you know, someone had mentioned this style of meditation. Um, and so I very skeptically went and, uh, learned and it changed my life. Um, you know, a lot of styles of meditation that we think of are, you know, focus, concentrate, sit in that, you know, lotus position with your hands in a certain way. And every time I would try those, I'd just be like, God, this sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> like, this is not comfortable <laughs> and uh, I can't do it. And so um, th those styles, th they weren't designed for people like us. They were designed for monks, people living very reclusive, disciplined lifestyles. Um, and so this style, Vedic meditation, it was designed thousands of years ago for people like us, people with jobs and relationships and demands. And so it's incredibly simple. You're sitting with your back supported. You're not having to clear the mind. You're just letting the mind be. Thoughts are welcome. I've meditated backstage at Broadway shows, during rehearsal, on the subway. It's meant to, you know, be easily integrated, but have massive, you know, um, impact. It's uh, giving our bodies access to about uh, rest that's about five times deeper than sleep. And so anyways, I was shocked at how simple it was. Um, I found myself sleeping through the night for the first time in years. I never had a panic attack again. My anxiety eased up. But then also working as a performer, I was known in the industry as being an understudy. And so I was, you know, I had my features in the ensemble, but then I covered um, three or four tracks. Um, and, you know, the first time I went on for Elder McKinley in uh, Book of Mormon, um, I had five minutes notice and I hadn't rehearsed the track in about two months. Oh, wow. And uh, I'd only rehearsed it once. And so it was literally, I was already in costume and hair and makeup and all that. And the stage manager's running in going, you know, Pierce, the guy, you know, they're, they're throwing up. You've got to go, you know, change costumes, you're on. Um, and so moments like that, I think, you know, actors, performers don't realize, you know, that's really where we need a healthy functioning nervous system. Because me, pre-meditation, I would have, that would have been, you know, cue the panic attack. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. And so having a nervous system that's able to adapt and be light on its feet, be creative um, and intelligent and in how it meets, you know, all the changes of expectation and demands that get thrown our way. Um, that's really where things come into play. And, um, and so it really impacted my performance, my ability to audition. Um, casting directors used to, uh, call me, casting directors in New York would call me Jekyll and Hyde. When I finally asked why, I was like, well, they were like, you know, the first time, the first showing you do, anytime we have you prepare sides or a song, um, it's not so good. And I'd be like, you're right. Cause like I would do all this work. And then the moment I'd go in, my nerves would get the best of yeah. me and all my good choices would get thrown out the window. And then if they'd let me give another showing, um, then I could like, and get a handle on my nervous system. Then I could go back to the work I'd done and it would be totally different. And next thing you know, now I'm you know, meditating, doing daily nervous system work. Um, I was showing up and I remember one time I went into an audition at Telsey, one of the biggest casting agencies in the city. And uh, I went in and I killed the audition. I know I did. 
And as I'm walking out, they go, Hardy, that was great. Like, what have you been up to? What's different? And without even thinking, I said, honestly, I don't care what you think. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. They go, no, that's great. It wasn't in a flippant way. It was just simply, mm -hmm. I had been doing more work on myself and becoming more solid in my abilities and less reliant and less stressed and nervous. And what do I, you know, what do I think these people want? Let me do that. And the moment I started doing that, that's when I started booking more work. So it totally changed my life, my performance. Um, I, I started realizing truly, even though I'd spent thousands of hours training, you know, in high school, college, and throughout my career, I really had not, and we as a community don't really spend much time training to be healthy human beings. And in order to be a successful actor, artist, performer, you have to have a healthy functioning nervous system. And so, you know, I had been working on Broadway uh, for a few years um, by that point with Mormon um, and uh, woke up one morning. Another thing that really changed the more I continued to do some inner work was my intuition got a lot louder and stronger and clearer, uh, which was great in terms of my acting and creativity, um, just not second guessing myself, but um, also just in life. And so I woke up one morning and my intuition uh, the first time the intuition came was actually what led me to Broadway. Um, I was on the road with Mormon, woke up one morning, I'd been meditating for a few years, and my intuition uh, that morning, my gut feeling just said, quit your job. And I went, what? <laughs> it was going quit. And I said, uh, okay, you haven't led me astray so far, so let me do it. And uh, my agent <laughs> flipped out, my family <laughs> flipped out, you know, Mormon, you, you, you know, you get paid more with these production contracts on the road than you do on Broadway. It's the golden goose. And so they were all like, are you out of your mind? And I said, no, it just feels right. Let me let it go and see what happens where, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a recovering perfectionist control freak. That never would have happened in the past. And uh, so I, I put in four weeks notice. And then the next morning, I got a call from the Broadway office um, saying, hey, funny, you should quit. Um, we just had to fire somebody on the spot last night. And you mentioned you were just ready to be off the road and back in New York. So it's a different track, but we'll fly you out tomorrow if you'd like. And you, you'll, you'll have three or four days to learn the new track. Um, and then we'll put you on. <laughs> and so that, you know, that in its own right was wild, but just right place, right time. And, wow. and not, you know, not overthinking it and just trusting my gut. Yeah, so that my Broadway debut was pretty wild. I, I was meeting a lot of my cast members um, on stage that night, just gently whispering like, hey, if I'm in the wrong spot, just push me. You know, shove, <laughs> shove with love, as we call it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I spent the next couple of years performing on Broadway, but all the while during the day, I was studying more about meditation and, and this practice and the knowledge behind it. And so then about two and a half years later, same thing, woke up in, one morning and my intuition was going, hey, it's time again. I went, really? But no, this is like it. This is the dream life where I was, I dreamed ever since I was a kid of living in the East Village and performing on Broadway. But I realized, and I was so glad I'd been doing the work up to this point where for so many of us as, as, as artists and performers, the theater industry is so unique in that we've been told there's this one little location with about 40 theaters that define you as a success or a failure. And it's such, it's um, it's just such a trap for all of us, you know, for those who don't quote unquote make it, it leads to, you know, 
I have so many friends who have done amazing things. Their resumes are packed, but they haven't gotten a Broadway show and they really have a hard time thinking, oh, I'm a failure when they're anything but. Yeah. And then the people who do get it, you know, they're 23, 24, 25, and they've quote unquote achieved their life dream. Well, now what? This didn't solve my problems. It didn't fix me as a human being. And so I don't know what to do. And so I was glad that I'd sort of moved beyond that and, you know, enjoyed my time, but also started to study other things. So yeah, I woke up one morning, decided to quit. And the first thing that popped in my head was, let me have a total pattern interrupt. Let me, let me go and just be off the grid. And I did this outdoor education program where they throw you out in the wilderness with some folks and you learn how to be self-sufficient in nature. This was down in Southern Chile and Patagonia. And then, yeah, with meditation, I realized I loved what this did for me. It changed my life. It made me a better person. It made me a better performer. Um, and, and so I wanted to learn how to be able to offer this to other people. And so off I went to India and thinking maybe, Hey, maybe I'll just go back and start performing again. But I really had no plan. I gave up my home. I gave up everything about my dream life, um, and left. And so I came back from India and, um, yeah, people were curious and wanting to learn more. And so without really even thinking about it, I, um, I, I became a full-time meditation teacher, which it, you, if you would have asked me even like <laughs> six or seven years ago, I would have been like, are you kidding me? But uh, it's been great. And, and, but now in the past few years, you know, meditation has been my, my main thing, but it's been really interesting to see how, how theater has started to creep back into my life. Mm-hmm. You, you made some great points. I, I love the fact you said, I don't care what you think. And it is so true. You, especially in this industry you go into an audition and you're like what are they thinking what do they want and it's 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 kind of like I, I compare it to golf you know what you're not competing against anybody else you're competing against yourself and you can't control yeah. what happens and there's you just go in do your best and and do it and yeah and, and, it's very uh, freeing you know I remember I won't name names but I remember being in a in a call um for a production where I was in for um, an ensemble track and a, uh, a covering the lead. Um, this was a, a big a big Broadway revival. And um, it was down to me and about seven or eight uh, people. And they, they lined us up and there were two main casting directors, one who was very much in, you know, for me and a big supporter of me and the other one, not so much. <laughs> and they, they did the typical, they line you up and they say, oh, talk amongst yourselves when they're really six feet away from you whispering about you. And I remember, you know, you know, one of the fellows like saying, you know, oh, he's great. It would be, you know, yes, he's a little bit different for this role, but like he really could do it well. And the other one's going, no, are you crazy? His eyes are uneven. He's got big ears. He's lanky. He's too tall, you know? And I just sort of had to sit there and this was, you know, after years of getting used to that kind of stuff, um, but it was actually very freeing for me, whereas for a lot of people, it would have been, oh, my God, how terrible I had a moment of, well, great, I can't control how my eyes look or my ears. I can control. Can I hit the high note? Can I, you know, did I do, work on this song properly? Did I make some interesting character choices? Everything else beyond that, it's out of my control. So save me some time, save you some time. And so that was the beginning of that, you know, hey, let me go in, 
let me work on and focus on the things that are within my control. You know, how much I practice, how much I train, everything beyond that, let it go on to the next thing. And, and, the, and the fact that you, you also picked up, you, you decided, you know what, this isn't for me anymore, whether it be the tour or the Broadway show. And then you went off and did something else. Um, I, just as a personal, I had that moment too, about three and a half years ago when I was running a company and I pivoted and I pivoted and I pivoted and I pivoted and it wasn't working. And once you pivot four times, you're facing the same direction. And it's the scary moment of giving up on something because you're always taught, don't give up, keep going for your dreams. Well, sometimes you have to have that moment where, you know what, it's okay to to, to stop what you're doing and find something else and, and yeah. your passion or your drive. Um, so congratulations on that and, and listening to yourself. Yeah. And and I think we need to retrain, and especially in the arts industry, but in any industry in, yes. in view, but um, that the dream can still be had. There can just be so many different ways to go about it. Um, I think one of the major flaws in how we train young artists that I'm really trying to work on shifting that narrative is, you know, there's one way to be a successful actor or performer, you know, um, the Broadway or bus mentality, which is so, you know, no wonder we have so many jaded and, and sort of bitter people in the industry or people that are struggling. And I don't mean that in a nasty way, because I myself have been there, but we take these people that are so inherently outside of the box thinkers, they're creative, they want to see things and express in a different way in their own unique perspective. And we're taking them and saying, this is the one way you have to live. You've got to live in New York. You've got to be in LA. You've got to do this one thing. And then the ultimate peak experience we've been told is to do the exact same thing eight times a week, never change. No wonder people get a little jaded and bitter and sad. It's not, that's not really conducive to a creative person's lifestyle. And so, you know, I, when now when I work with theater students, I'm, a, I'm an adjunct professor at a university um, and, and, and also infusing meditation into the creative process and just self-care in general, but a big, you know, sort of, you know, deal breaker for me when I, when universities want me to come in is they need to allow me to let these kids know, Hey, you can go about being a creative in so many ways. If you don't want to be in New York, you don't have to be in New York. If you don't want to be a professional performer, but you know, you can use your arts background and your creative abilities in so many different ways. And so, yeah, when it comes to living the dream, um, what I found was it wasn't that my dream even ended. I realized, oh, wait, this is just one chapter of the dream. And I don't want to stop. You know, when I got to Broadway, it was wonderful. I was so grateful for it. But what gets a lot of people in trouble there is then the what now? You know, I've been told that this is it. And I've got a whole lot of life ahead of me. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. And so if we can start to realize that they're, just widen the lens a bit and see that that's just one of many things that can lead to a really fulfilling life. For sure. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about um, your, your, your business um, and, and the benefits, like what benefits have you found of meditation? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and there's so many different styles of meditation out there. Like you can open up the app, you know, any, all these apps and stuff. And, and so how this style is different from most others is, is the, the level of rest that you're getting. Whereas most styles are really just relaxation techniques, you know, which is lovely. 
has its benefit, can get us, you know, if we're in the thick of life or stress or demand, we can just sort of ease up on things, you know, just feel a wave of relaxation. But in the long run, I think of it from personal experience, it's sort of like putting a Band-Aid on a wound. Like we're not actually addressing the the issue that's causing us to be stressed. Um, And so, um, you know, all stress really stems from a lack of adaptability. You know, I can't control, you know, we get all these unexpected things that get thrown up thrown at us every day. I'm stuck in traffic or the deadline gets pushed up at work or, you know, especially in theater, just so many things that we can't, that are beyond our control. Um, and so what is within our control, our ability to respond to that and, and adapt. And so if I can, you know, just roll with the punches, then, you know, I'm not stressing out, but stress just comes from, you know, when we have no energy left to adapt to all of those uncontrollable changes of expectation that come every day, the body basically goes, well, if you're not going to adapt, I got nothing left except for this very primal fight or flight mechanism. And so what's happening when we say we stress out, it's even though, you know, the barista just gave me the wrong drink at Starbucks, it, I'm, I'm reacting like I'm being attacked by a tiger <laughs> when it's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I just really snapped at the barista body's going, I don't know what to do. And so if we really want to be less stressed, more present um, and more fulfilled in our lives, we've got to become more adaptive. And the best way to do that is just to get more rest. We've all said it before when we're sick or tired or stressed. Mm -hmm. I just need to get some sleep. I just need to take it easy. Um, But for most of us, that sleep really isn't that deep of a level of rest. And so, um, you know, what this is really doing is it's a simple laid back way to give the body access, like I was saying before, to to rest, studies have shown, you know, measuring, you know, things like blood pressure, heart rate, metabolic rate, oxygen consumption rate. Um, it's rest that's about five times deeper than sleep. And when the body's in that state, um, it knows what to do. The parasympathetic nervous system kicks into gear and um, starts to actively, you know, it's the part of our body that's in charge of restoring, re-energizing, repairing, throwing off stress. Um, and so it's just giving ourselves time in that really deep state. Um, I think of it, it's like brushing your teeth for your nervous system. Like think if you didn't brush your teeth twice a day, every day, it wouldn't take long for it to be pretty unpleasant for you and for everybody else around you. Well, the same thing's happening with stress. We, I mean, hopefully we're not having massive trauma every day, but we're having some little stresses, some big stresses, and that piles up. The body holds on to that. And causes us to be less healthy, less happy, less efficient. Um, and, and so all that we're doing here is every day, we're giving ourselves quick, deep, efficient rest um, that get, allows the nervous system time to, to just scrub off a little bit of that stuff, refill our tanks so we, we don't add to our stress levels where we're, uh, we have the energy to meet the demands of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it, it allows us over time to become more adaptive healthier um, and yes, more relaxed, but as a byproduct versus a lot of other styles. And like I said, this style, you know, you sit comfortably with your back supported. You don't have to be in a dark, quiet space or concentrate or control the mind. It's just lazy people's meditation, which when I heard that, I was like, oh, like I get to sit on my bed and, and not do much and, and, and be better. That sounds great versus, you know, all these other styles, you know, they're just so hard to integrate because we're doing more focusing, more thinking, more effort, where that's what's getting us into trouble in the first place. Like what makes us think that more thinking is going to solve our overthinking problem or more complexity and focus is going to 
you know, have, you know, solve our, you know, overcomplicating things in life problem. So what we need, I was the person when I sat in on an intro talk for this, for this style, I raised my hand in the back when they opened it up to questions. And I was like, I'm sorry, I think this is BS. <laughs> I was that kind of person. Yeah. And I was just saying, you know, how can something so simple have this kind of effect in our lives? And now that I've done it, I realized in a world where everything is so freaking complicated and we overthink and we, you know, there's so much effort and go, go, go and busier is better. It is a radical act to practice simplicity and to be easy, to give our bodies a break. And that's really what kept me with it in the early months was my schedule was eight shows a week when I, you know, one day off Monday and Monday was basically, I was just in a heap. <laughs> I was always on vocal rest being a tenor one, especially in these, you know, more poppy shows like Book of Mormon where I might as well be an alto. Um, and, you know, when I wasn't performing, I was in physical therapy, I was training in class, um, auditioning. And so the rest of my day was so demanding. This was my gift to myself where I just, I didn't have to be in charge. I didn't have to be in control and it had a profound impact. And so what I've found is what we need in terms of self-care it's um, in doing less, we end up accomplishing more versus a lot of other styles where it's more, 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 go, go, go. Mm -hmm. That's what's getting us into trouble in the first place. Nice. Is in life and in theater in general, like you said, there's stressful moments, like five minutes, go on, do this new part yeah. and things like that. Um, is there anything just just a quick thing? I know there's so much to 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 talk about and learn from from you and, and the meditation. But if you're in a situation, what's what's a simple, quick um, technique that someone could do? Is, is it a breathing thing? Is it just a closing your eyes thing? Is there something if that you could say right now that, you know in a moment, in a pinch, it's just a simple technique we could use if we're in a stressful moment. It's a good question. And uh, I could give you some, <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll preface it with, I think part of the issue is as a society, we've gotten so used to instant gratification mm -hmm. and help. I need something now. Yep. And so a big part of what I'm, the narrative that I'm changing is what happens if we made it a daily practice so that we didn't need as many quick fix things because mm -hmm. yes there are breathing things there are some mindfulness stuff that could help us um you know oh my gosh let me just focus real quick but more often than not what i found is that if your nervous system is still going danger 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 fight or flight the the quick breathing yes we can we can regulate some things real quick um but what i found is that if we dedicate time every day, not all day, just for a quick 20 minutes here, or five minutes there. Then over time, what I found was I was less reliant on the quick fix stuff mm -hmm. because I had changed how my nervous system was handling life. And so, you know, I'll have myself included, but I'll have students now, performers who will go, yeah, I had to go on last minute and I was totally fine. I shouldn't have been fine. My mind was going, my, my brain kept going like, wait, wait, why aren't you freaking out? Yeah. And what's happening is your nervous system's changed. You can handle it and your mind just needs a moment to catch up. And so we want, you know, instant gratification rarely, if ever works, it's, it's bam, I might get a quick hit of something. And then I'm back to my old problem. Whereas we, if we can change and have some more delayed gratification where we're doing substantial work, 
And then we start seeing substantial solid change. So, you know, that's what really, you know, my answer to that, but yes, are there some things, you know, wh whether it's me, you know, like one time I was in, you know, when I was in Patagonia in the jungle and I had to talk somebody out of a panic attack when we were lost and trying to get out of the thick of it, um, a breathing technique that I found um, helpful, it's called 478. Um, you take st four steady counts of an inhale, hold for seven steady counts. Um, so just like one, two, three, four, and then hold at that same tempo for seven counts and then exhale for eight counts. So inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. And there, studies have shown that one, having a longer exhalation than an, in, an inhalation and having a bit of a, a pause between the exhale and the, or the inhale and the exhale can allow the nervous system to de-excite a bit. And um, that's a good thing. But like I said, the, for the most part, I let go of all the quick fix stuff because I didn't need it anymore when I had really simple yet substantial uh, changes. And uh, yeah, now working with younger artists, but also, you know, Broadway professionals still to this day. Um, so many of them come back to me going, wow, my auditions are better. My scene work in class is better. My performance is better on stage. Um, what's up with that? And I was like, well, you've been, you've been doing the work every day to change that narrative. And so there's less of a dependency on the quick fix stuff. We spend so much time um, on our outer and not so much inner. Like we, we, we practice singing, we go to teachers, we practice dance, we practice acting, we do all that, but we forget about the other part that, you know, as much as singing, acting and dancing is great. This inner working on that, that you, you talk about will be viable throughout anything in your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. And especially when it comes to our performance, you know, um, in order to be a great actor, you have to have a healthy nervous system, you know, and I don't know why we don't do more work on that because, you know, I've been in so many scene study classes since I was a kid and, you know, I myself have been there. I've watched countless actors be there where, you know, I have to get to this emotional state um, and have it and, and I have to get to the, whatever the scene's calling for and I have to do it eight times a week and I have to be honest about it, authentic about it. Um, and you come across so many actors who either can't get there because there's so many walls up because of their nervous system, or they do get there, but then they're a wreck because they can't, they can't control it and up and out it's coming and they can't get a, a handle on it. And so how do we find a healthy way to reach these emotional states, but not lose ourselves or have it become unsustainable from a mental health perspective? So there's that, you know, from a creative perspective, we need to have a healthy nervous system, but it just also as human beings, yeah, we, we you know, and we're, the theater industry is having a pretty a wonderfully large reckoning and we need more of it when it comes to treatment of everyone in the industry. Um, and uh, a big part of that is, you know, we as creatives deserve to be healthy, um, vibrant and um, productive as humans, not just pieces of meat, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this is, I find a good way to really shift that narrative. If just, just talking about it, you know? That's fantastic. You've, 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 you've brought up many fantastic points and some people never, never might've thought of. Um, and, and I thank you for coming on and, and talking to us about this and introducing uh, yourself to the listeners. So this is the, the who, what, where, why, 
how do we learn more about you, Hardy, and the Hardy Weaver Meditation? How do we get in touch with you if we want to know more information or that sort of thing? Yeah, so you feel free to um, hop onto my website. It's hardyweaver.com. Um, it's got information on the style of meditation I teach, um, where I'm teaching. If I can't come and teach you, you know, I've got colleagues all over who can. Um, I've also developed um, for universities, musical theater programs and theater programs in general. I, I call it the Healthy Artist Masterclass, where universities bring me in um, and I do a week long workshop where I teach students how to meditate. But then we also do theater courses, but they're all geared around the application of the knowledge that we're learning in terms of self care and the nervous system work. And how do I apply that into my scene work, my, my song, my my um, my dance uh, and my, you know, all of that. Um, and it's really exciting to go into these programs and uh, shift the narrative a bit and cut these young performers off at the pass and realize, oh, there's a better way of going about it than I did, you know? Um, so there's a theater page on my website. Um, and then yes, I'm on Instagram um, at hardy-weaver where I share a lot of my uh, perspectives. I travel often and so, um, knowledge, courses, all that kind of stuff. I'm heading back to India for two months this January, and so I'll be sharing my travels over there. So yeah, that's where you can can reach me and check out um, upcoming opportunities. So fantastic. It was great meeting you, Hardy, and thank you so much for for coming on the show today. You too, Jean-Paul. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. No problem. We were just speaking with Hardy Weaver from Hardy Weaver Meditation. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanov. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs>